Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. It almost sounds like a joke. Two guys are sitting in a bar and begin to have a conversation about sports, politics, and you know, other general topics. But when one of the men said he had to go, the other asked why. After all, it was only mid-afternoon and there was plenty of time for another brew. The first gentleman solemnly explained that he had to go home to begin his dialysis routine. And that's where the joke ends. Hi, you're listening to episode 80 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. In February 2020, Mark Scotch was visiting Louisiana and decided to stop in at a local brewery where he coincidentally sat next to Hugh Smith. Hugh explained he was in stage four failure and needed a kidney transplant. That fateful meeting started a chain of events that led Mark to saving two lives through the Kidney Voucher Program and through the National Kidney Donation Organization. Although Mark was not a match for Hugh, he donated a kidney to another person, and then Hugh received a kidney from someone else in the program who was a much better match. Through the process, Mark learned a lot about kidney disease and wanted to bring attention to the cause. Being a cyclist, he thought biking long distances would be a great way to raise awareness. He found the Oregon Trail, a campaign to promote kidney disease awareness through long distance bike rides. In September, he had set off from Martha's Vineyard and is riding to his home in Wisconsin. The Vineyard to Wisconsin Trek is Mark's second Oregon Trail trip. We're on location for this episode and really lucky enough to catch up with Mark as his journey brings him through Cleveland. We thank Mark for taking time to hop off his bike for a quick conversation with us before getting back on the road. Mark, you're riding from Martha's Vineyard all the way to Clover, Wisconsin, and that's where you live. Correct. And you're a living donor. Yep. What started you on this journey after your donation? Well, it was mainly because of the things that I learned during my investigation on when I committed to become a living donor, I wanted to learn more. And the more I learned, the more I realized that I didn't know these things, and it just kind of shocked me. My wife and I both feel we're pretty informed people, but I think what really triggered it was when I read that 13 people die every day because of lack of kidney transplants. It just just kind of blew me away. I always thought that people that needed a kidney just got one somehow. I think most people do. They don't understand how the, the waiting list works, really. So you decided to be a living donor, and I think most people can understand when you donate to somebody that you know or somebody that you love who's in need of a kidney, but you just decided to give one up for whomever, correct? Well, I knew the guy for one hour about, for an hour or so. We had, we had just met at a bar, had a beer together, and just talking about sports and politics, and he said he had to go home. And I said, oh, 
you do. I mean, it's, it wasn't even you know, late afternoon yet. <laughs> and he's and I kind of was kind of giving him a hard time. He said, no, I said, I have to go home and go on dialysis. He was doing peritoneal dialysis at home. So he was spending 10 hours every night for the last number of months, um, you know, on dialysis. And so he told me he was in stage four renal failure. And he didn't ask me. He just said, you know, I'm looking for a kidney. And... Yeah, it just hit me at the right time. My sister-in-law had donated about 14 years ago. So I knew you could donate a kidney and live, but I had never developed any curiosity about donation, never asked her one question in all those years. I just knew that you could donate a kidney. And I had just retired a couple years earlier, and so I think it was timing for me. It was just a time in my life when it's like, yeah, I can do this because I have time and whatever, but it wasn't a conscious decision. It just kind of clicked in my head. This guy needed a kidney, and I, I thought I could do that. That's amazing. It really is. So can you share what your journey was like getting tested and then the actual transplant date? Yeah, ours was a little complicated because he was in Louisiana, and I live in Wisconsin. So I started talking to his coordinator in Louisiana, a, a transplant facility. And at the same time, I was trying to educate myself online as much as possible. And I was starting to develop the realization that I had to go into Shreveport many, many times to get this completed, assuming that I was uh, able to donate and that I was a match. At the same time, I started to think about, well, if I'm going to be going all this, this many trips down Louisiana, maybe I'll do some bicycle rides along the Mississippi River just for fun on one of these trips or many of them. So the, the ride thing was kind of developing at the same time. Then I found out through talking with some people through the National Kidney Registry, uh, NKR.org, that I didn't have to go to Louisiana. I could do everything in Madison, Wisconsin, and I'd be driving right through Madison anyway, one of the top transplant facilities in the nation. I could get evaluated there, and if I was accepted, I could do everything right there and give Hugh what's called a voucher. So they came out with this voucher program a couple years ago which allows a person to donate and then give a voucher in the name of somebody else. I did have to ask you to get registered at a NKR hospital, which is in Jackson, Mississippi. There's about 100 different uh, hospitals in the NKR uh, organization. So he, while, while he was getting registered, I was getting tested, found out that I was not one of the 750 that only have one kidney. That was kind of a joke with Hugh and I, because he'd be calling me up every you know day or two, and we were be. He was getting pretty excited. And one day I had read that you know one out of 750 people are born with one kidney. I said, I said Hugh, you know, you slow down a little bit. I might only have one kidney, <laughs> and it's true. I mean, it's amazing how many people have told me they found out they have one kidney. People go their whole life almost without even knowing it. So, anyway, back to the stories. Hugh got registered at Jackson. I got uh, going at Madison, and I, my surgery was uh, September 30th of last year, so it's just a little over a year. And then February 18th of this year, Hugh got his kidney from Southern California, which was the best match for him at the time. And my kidney, when I donated on September 30th, the best match was a person in New York. Wow. Yeah, my original thought was to go from Wisconsin to Times Square or 9-11 Memorial, something like that. But the way it worked out, um, I got involved with National Kidney Donation Organization, NKDO. And um, they, we had a little thing on Martha's Vineyard here a few weeks ago. So I thought, well, I'll just start from there as long as I'm there already and start riding back to Wisconsin. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Worked out well. What have you learned about people along the way? I mean, you've talked to hundreds of people and people have been coming out to greet you. And what are your insights about human nature 
and of course donation, but what, what have you learned on this trip so far? Well, there's a lot of curious people. I would have to say 99.9% .9 of the people I talked to were just as ignorant as I was about the facts of donation. It's amazing. Talk to a lot of reporters. Some, you know, a lot of them are younger, and you wouldn't expect them to know, you know, everything yet. <laughs> but they get to see, meet a lot of people, and it's amazing how many, even people in the news industry per se, start throwing the facts at them. They're like, "Wow, I did not know that." Some of them are taken aback by it. Some of them are kind of get broke up over because. People have been great. I mean, ever since I started riding a bicycle, seriously, a few years ago, bicycles always bring out the best in people, it seems like. So people are always willing to help a biker, and then when they find out you're a kidney donor besides, and riding a bike for that, it's like, oh man, everybody's super friendly. That's great, that's great. Yeah. Any funny stories that happened across along the way? We were leaving Syracuse and my seat post broke on my bicycle and the seat broke and seat post and so we went to a bike shop and we couldn't get the post out because it was welded into the frame from rust and we had to go to a machine shop, a little family machine shop and I told them my situation and they, they dropped what they were doing and got on it and fabricated a part for me and a few hours later we were done and uh, they didn't want to take any money even but we, we, we gave them a few shekels that I had laying around. Anything poignant that really touched you or moved you along your journey? Well, actually, yesterday here in Cleveland was pretty cool. As part of my ride, I wanted to open up to people that wanted to join me on the ride. So I've had a lot of different people join me. Some of my friends from Wisconsin, some of the friends that I've known in the biking community, a friend of mine from Pittsburgh uh, joined me for over a week. We met in Times Square, and he rode his bike from his home by Pittsburgh and rode up and met me. And so, I mean, those kind of things are going on all the time. So... One guy reached out to me from uh, Medina here, just south of Cleveland, and he's part of what's called Kidney Donor Athletes. And it's people that have donated kidney that are considered athletes, I guess. And it's a way to understand that you can donate a kidney and go back to whatever you were doing physically. Marathoners, Ironmen, endurance bikers like me, cross-country skiers, weightlifters, all kinds of things. So Nathan had reached out about joining up to ride with me when I got to Cleveland. He, he had donated to his daughter two years ago, and his daughter is 12 right now. So we're going to go for a ride with his daughter. Well, then, about the same time, I was also opening up anybody that needs a kidney to, to join me. And what my goal was with that was if I'm meeting with media and TV, radio, newspaper, I wanted to get people on to tell their story if I could. Because I think that's the key is making that connection. So I've had a number of people join me, and a young man called me from Indianapolis about a week ago. Said he wanted to meet me. He came across the Oregon Trail somewhere in a website or something. So he drove up yesterday from Indianapolis, joined us at the park with Nathan and his daughter, Ava, and uh, we all met, and there was a, a reporter there, so got the story out for, for Nigel. And it was just so cool watching Ava, 12-year-old, and this Nigel, 22-year-old, she was younger than him, but she had received a kidney. She had never been on dialysis, and Nigel is on dialysis and has been for two years. So it was just fun being able to listen to them talk in a casual setting about their experiences and their comparing notes, and it was just cool. It was just really, really cool. To kind of wrap up, what is your just overall opinion of organized tissue donation? Well, a deceased donor, I mean, I've been that since I was driving, driving a car. I mean, to me, that just seems so simple. To me, it's a pretty low commitment level to be a deceased donor. I mean, you just sign up for it, and you can't take them with you, obviously. A living donor, of course, that's a totally different thing. 
I really, I think that's such a personal decision. I really don't get into asking people. That's not my rule, I don't think. What I do ask people is if they're curious, and hope curiosity is what people have to have, to learn a little bit more, learn about the voucher program. Just learn about that, and you'll learn so much about transplant in general. But just go get tested. See if you would qualify to be a living donor, because nothing can happen until you're evaluated. And if you're deemed healthy enough to donate a kidney, then you're healthy enough to donate a kidney and go back to what you've been doing. I mean, you can live on one kidney. A lot of people do. Um, it's a it's a serious decision to make, but just get some curiosity and, and learn a little bit about it. And even if you can't do it yourself, at least you'll be able to talk to somebody at a party or just randomly see people, talk to them, and, and maybe dispel some of the myths that are going on. Again, we thank Mark for taking time to speak with us on his way out of Cleveland. And we're excited to announce he has been named a finalist for the USA Today Humankind Triumph of the Year Award. And you can check that out on Mark's Facebook page, which is Mark Scotch, S-C-O-T-C-H. Or you can follow his ride on the Oregon Trail website at theorgontrailhm.wordpress.com. If you're interested in finding out more about living donation, visit the National Kidney Donation Organization at nkdo.org. And always, you can register your donation wishes for deceased donation at lifebanc.org. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.